Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I am fired up to interview our special guest today, Tracy Schubert Barrett. Tracy is a sought-after international speaker. She's the best-selling author of a book called What If There's More? Finding Significance Beyond Success. Can't wait to hear a little more about that. And she's the founder of Navigate the Journey, a leading business consulting and leadership development firm. As one of the founders of the wildly popular national cable television network, HGTV, she enjoyed the amazing ride of taking a fledgling idea and turning it into a billion dollar media empire. And as we were talking earlier, that was 29 years ago now. It's amazing how time flies. But after over 20 years in the media industry, Tracy began to wonder, what if there's more to our vocational lives than just success? In a leap of faith, she quit her executive job and she went on a soul-searching journey, leading her to create the strategic life map process. With a master's in professional psychology and over 30 years of business experience, Tracy specializes in coaching C-suite executives and business leaders helping them define their greatest impact and become leaders people want to follow. She finds the most joy in helping people from all walks of life find meaning and purpose in their work and design a life they truly want. Tracy, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. Are you ready for this? I am. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Well, we're excited to have you and just sharing with our listeners just a brief overview of kind of who you are and, and what you're up to today just reminds me that we have, I can't wait to get more into your story because we have some really parallel past a little bit here in kind of your journey, I think, even though the specifics will be different. So I've given our listeners just a brief overview of who you are. If you would just take us back and bring us up to speed here in a couple minutes of kind of a little more of your backstory and how you founded HGTV and then left all that success to do what you're doing today. Yeah. So it is hard to believe it was that many years ago, but it was the height of cable television. Everybody wanted to be a part of this new idea that there'd be hundreds of TV stations, you know, to choose from. And I wanted to get in on that. I was in the traditional broadcast realm at the time and heard about a new cable network that was going to be starting didn't exist yet. It was just going to be like home design shows. And I jumped at the opportunity, interviewed, got the job. There was just a small group of us. You could fit us all in one room that really worked on all areas of the company. Together, it was just kind of a scrappy group of people that had a really clear vision. And our founder and CEO was a super inspirational guy. And I just loved the premise of it and ended up like you said, enjoying that wild ride of taking something from non-existent $0 revenues all the way, you know, there for almost two decades of my life to a point where it was thriving and, you know, billion dollar media empire and just 
the best entrepreneurial ground I could have ever asked for is really seeing all stages of a company at all different sizes, you know, number of staff to amount of revenue and all the ups and downs and all the trials and tribulations that come with that. It was such a great learning experience. And then midway through my career, kind of at the top of my game, I just decided, you know, I'd been here for a long time. I'd spent over 20 years in television and maybe there was something more for me. And that's when I made the pivot and I write about in my book. Was there a particular incident? What got you to that point of even questioning 20 years in or whatever it had been? What if there's more? You, you must have felt something was lacking in some way, even with all the success you were having. It was a mix of a lot of things happening at the same time, you know, like I even see behind you the sign life's hard, you know, at that time, there were so many great and wonderful things about my job. I loved the company. I loved my bosses. I loved the premise and mission of HGTV felt very proud, but it had also grown into a multifaceted, very complex company at that point. You know, many networks were part of our family at that point, the Food Network, DIY, GAC. So there were, you know, there were a lot of companies interwoven into one. And I was flying all over the country. You know, I was an executive and there was a lot of demands. I was pulled a million different directions. I had small children at home. I felt like nobody was really getting the best part of me. And also I felt a little bit on autopilot. So I know a lot of people in corporate America can feel this way where you are part of a big machine and all of a sudden you start to just kind of go through the motions. And even though it was a very glamorous job, you're getting to do fabulous things in fabulous places, hanging out with all sorts of talent and it's fun and flashy. But when you've been doing it year after year after year, at some point the shine starts to wear off and you start to wonder, what if there's more for me out there? And what's my identity outside of just this company? And I think all those feelings intertwined with my dad had lost his battle to cancer, you know, at age 58, way too young. And I think watching that trajectory, that journey, that was a massive turning point for me. And it really started me on this road of thinking about what is it that we really want out of life and what is it that we're here for? And if we all have a purpose, how can we find that, define that for ourselves and lean into it more? And I felt like I needed to leave corporate America and the craziness of my schedule to be able to figure that out. I couldn't figure it out in that time and, and that, with that craziness going on around me. So I just decided to hit pause, you know, and take a break. So what did you do? Did you resign your position or, or how did, what did that look like? So it was very confusing and shocking to all the people that worked for me. I had a pretty large staff. I oversaw two offices. I had amazing bosses that I had a great relationship with, and I was one of the founders. So to see somebody who is an original employee walk away, I think for everyone, it was very confusing. And, you know, a lot of people pushed back. My boss didn't even take my resignation at the time. I had to circle back again, and which was all flattering and great. It's also very scary because when there's nothing pushing you out, when it's just a pull, you're really taking a leap of faith. And I think that is a little bit unique, I think, in a lot of people's journey is to not have a lot of reasons that are pushing you in a different direction, but just this sort of intuition 
and this change in life and this crossroads that's sort of pulling you to explore something different. So, you know, I resigned and it was hard. There were a lot of tears. They threw me a fabulous going away party. And then I woke up the next morning and thought, what did I just do? <laughs> you know, what am I going to do now? Right. I took the leap of faith. What's next? So it wasn't without fear and it wasn't without a lot of soul searching and a lot of wrestling and nervousness. But, you know, I pushed through it. I was convinced that there was something else on the horizon. Do you find you do a lot of coaching of C-suite executives and, and other business leaders, as I mentioned earlier in the show? Do you find that what you went through, maybe not necessarily resigning and going through the process you went through, but the feeling that you felt wondering, is there more? Is this all there is? The, the shine and the flash is starting to not become as enjoyable anymore because the grind of it all or, or whatever, however you would describe that, it takes away the fun of it after a while, you know, 20 years. Do you find that's a common thing with other successful, maybe entrepreneurs or, or even C-suite executives, or is that kind of unique to you and me? Because that's a little bit of my story as well. No, I find it's wildly predominant. I feel like, especially at certain stages of life or stages of your career or company, where people really reach a, a moment where they start to think, you know, what's the meaning behind all of this? And, you know, we get a little bit on autopilot or we feel like we've checked off all the boxes. You know, I did everything I was supposed to do. I, I went to college. I climbed the corporate ladder or started the company. I achieved this certain level of wealth or prominence or whatever it is we were looking for in life. And we went through all the motions everybody had outlined for us. And then we hit a crossroads and we kind of almost wake up and say, well, wait a second, am I living life or is life living me? And I think that a lot of my clients that I coach are asking those same questions. And what's great about me going through this process and then writing the book and creating a process for people to wrestle through is, is that you don't necessarily have to leave your job to figure these things out. You know, I was sitting there at my desk wondering, is there meaning in television? What am I doing? You can compare yourself to other people that seemingly have more meaningful jobs. And then you start to doubt yourself and doubt what you're doing. And so what I try to help my clients do is, is to really craft the meaning and purpose in their job, no matter what type of job they have, no matter how big or small the company, no matter what their role is, is really, who are you? What's the best version of who you are? And then how can you take all of those gifts and talents and have a positive impact where you are and define your meaning and purpose in your work through that? I love that. Is that the strategic life map? process that you developed that you're referring to? Yes. Would you mind just elaborating a little bit on that process as much as you're able to, what that looks like or what kind of process you would take somebody through? I know you don't have time to break it all down on, on this episode, but just give us a little sneak peek. Yeah. So it is a strategic planning process for your life, really. And it combines all kind of those tried and true strategic planning techniques that you see out there and that my company uses for businesses, you know, helping them craft mission, vision, core values, all of those things. But I have my master's in psychology and I decided to take a lot of 
kind of the exercises and theory that I learned through my master's degree and marry that with these business strategic planning principles that are out there and really develop a system that helps you look at what got you to where you are today. You know, what are those learnings? What are those patterns? What are some things that we can reframe or claim from our past? And then who are we today? Which is very different than who we were at 22. It's very different than actually who we were a year ago. So who are you today? And what are your unique gifts and talents? What are your personal core values? What are the passions that you're wrestling through in crafting a purpose mission statement? that really can be woven throughout everything you do. And then we plan for the future. You know, what is the future whole? What to you does a bigger, brighter future look like? And then we craft a plan around that. There is so much power and freedom and a plan. And so I think a lot of people think, well, gosh, that sounds like a lot of work or whatever. But really when you go through the process and it's so streamlined and it's so powerful, you then can let go after that point because you know who you are, you know how to lean in and you know what you want and which direction you should be headed. And it becomes a filter for your life. And it's just a powerful tool that really propels you and really gives you the tools you need to lean in. Well, I'm excited to read your book, Tracy. And that's What If There's More, right? That's the title of it, What If There's More? Mm -hmm. And do you elaborate on that in the book as well? I do. I do. So the book is really my journey. It's a lot of my story. It's, you know, some stories about HGTV in there, kind of getting HGTV off the ground, some of the learnings through my career in corporate America, how I hit that crossroads, and then it outlines the process throughout the book. So that's woven throughout the book of really understanding those components that I talked about, you know, your past, your present and your future. And so it's a little bit of a DIY experience, you know, that's woven into my own story as well. I love it. So if I'm right in understanding, you pivoted into your own company. How many years has that been now? And what is your business? It's a coaching business. Is that accurate to say coaching and consulting? It's a business consulting firm and it's actually nine years old. So we've been around for a while, almost 10 years. And my husband and I co-founded it together. And so he's a strategic planner. He comes along kind of mid-sized companies, helps them establish a framework for running their company well, and comes alongside them with those frameworks and to do strategic planning and setting goals. And then we also work with teams for team health, cohesion. We do a lot of team workshops. We use a lot of different processes for that that I'm sure you probably have heard of. And then we do executive coaching as well. And that's meeting with the individuals one-on-one and really just helping you be a better leader. We believe leaders are not born, they're made. It's a skill that you have to hone, just like any other skill that you're trying to master in your career. Leadership is something that you have to pursue and get after and learn. And then, of course, we have the strategic life map process as well, which you can experience in different forms in person, virtually, you know, through a cohort. And we have all different ways that you can experience that. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for companies that are coming and looking to optimize their company, their team, or even their individual growth. So for some of our newer listeners that don't know much of my story, I'm just going to share just a quick something um, and then kind of use that to pivot to another question for you, Tracy. But up until about nine years ago, I was 40, 41, I guess at the time, 
I was the co-owner and CEO of a construction, real estate, investing, property management, all things real estate, really. Company, we we're doing about $40 million a year. I'd been doing that for many years and building that business and came to a crossroads in my life. And that really was the aspiration behind Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast and now the book by the same title. And I like you did a 180 degree pivot into a completely different space in 2015, eight years ago. But my question for you is when you're coaching these people and they're going through this process and you're taking them through maybe the strategic life map process, you said, it, I probably won't quote you exactly, but finding meaning and purpose and passion and all the things we all desire in the field, in the career, in the company that they're in. I guess that's awesome and that's ultimate and probably that's how it plays out, I'm guessing most of the time. But my question is how much of the time is it very often that someone is more like you and I where that process results in a career change? Yeah, I see all different outcomes. You know, for some people, it's really just a wake up call. They fall back in love with what they're doing. They see their work through a different lens. For other people, you know, business owners, sometimes we help craft a plan for their exit. They're coming to me specifically because they want to exit their business in a number of years and they want to figure out how to get there. But then also, what are they going to do after that? For some people, they've lost their job and they're trying to take advantage of this crossroads to say, do I want to go back into that same industry? Do I want to do something different? And for some people, they quit. They say, you know what? This process gave me the confidence and the clarity that I needed. And I know what I need to do. And I know the steps I need to take to eventually get to the place I want to get. And so there are people who do complete pivots. I've had people leave corporate America to start a uh, cooking store, to go into fashion, to start coaching. So I've had people make pretty dramatic changes. And so the spectrum is pretty wide, right? And so my only horse in the game is you. You know, I want you to understand more deeply who you are and understand what you want out of life on your terms and where you are best suited to be in order to live the type of life you want to live, to be fully present. It's a 360 process, meaning that we look at all areas of your life. So we're not just looking at work, although that's a predominant part of it. We're looking at your health. We're looking at your village of people. We're looking at those key relationships. So we're doing the process. The goal isn't work-life balance. The goal is just one great life. Work is a slice of it. And so that's kind of the power in the process, too, is that people are able to sort of take themselves out of the weeds of their life and sort of hover above and really look at it and understand, OK, you know, what do I want out of this? You know, what are my priorities? What do I need to say no to? And where am I best suited to not just shine? but to really impact others, because that's where legacy is created. That's where we really find the joy in what we do. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Before we get off of this topic and I kind of shift this conversation a little different direction, I've got to ask you, is there one particular challenge or thing that kind of stands out above all the others that people you coach deal with? Is there one particular piece of that puzzle that seems to be more common? To the masses than another? Because I know there's a lot of pieces to that. And I don't even know if that's a fair question to ask you, but I'm just curious if there is. 
Yeah, there are a few things that pop to my head with that question. I mean, I feel like everybody struggles a little bit with their identity in the sense of, am I good enough? You know, am I doing this right? Am I really made for this? You know, is it all worth it? And underneath all of that, from a psychological standpoint, there's just a lot of vulnerability, right? Of like, we all suffer a little bit of imposter syndrome. We all feel vulnerable, especially if we're stretching ourselves. And so that's what I try to encourage people. You know, if you're coming to me, you have a growth mindset. You're not usually engaging with a coach unless you're wrestling through something. And I always say, you know, if you're feeling a bit vulnerable and you're feeling a little bit like, gosh, should I really be doing this? Is it stupid? Are people looking at me like, do I belong? Do I not belong sitting at the head of the table? You know, I say that means you're stretching yourself. That's what you're supposed to feel. But you need to learn the tools to push through that. And so no matter what level of person I'm coaching, that's pretty universal is just wrestling with those kind of inner voices. Nobody talks to us more than us, right? We're the, our number one conversation is with ourselves in our own head. So sometimes our voices can go a little crazy on us and make us feel like we're either not enough or we're not equipped. And so I think that it kind of gives people a lot of calm when they're able to realize like that's pretty universal. It's hard for people to believe that, but it's true. It's true. I've coached enough people over the years and led a lot of people in very big media company to tell you it's true. Right. And these are people making hundreds and hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of dollars a year, millions of dollars a year. And we all have the same differing levels, different seasons, all that. But it's not something that's uncommon, no matter how much success. It is what I think you're saying. It's Absolutely. not uncommon to man or woman, no matter how much you've had success outwardly. We all can struggle with those same insecurities is really what they are, right? Absolutely. And I love you sharing that because it should be encouraging to our listeners, regardless of where they are in life, in their career, in their business, at their income level, what professionally speaking, whatever metric you want to use is those voices, those questions, those insecurities, you're not alone. You're not the only one. Everybody has to deal with them. Question is, how are you going to deal with them and what are you going to do with it? Right. So good. So good. You had a ton of success. What would you say is one of the keys, Tracy, to your success? Oh, gosh, I would just the first thing that pops to my mind is mentors. I figured that out early on. I don't know. It was a definite gift from God to just realize that I needed to seek out people that were further down the road than me and people that I admired, people that I could see had the same values, people that were really good at what they did, that were honest. And when I would see those people, I would somehow get the courage to just come up alongside them, beg a seat next to them at a dinner, ask them a ton of questions, be curious, ask if I could book a call with them. And because from a young point in my career, I learned to do that. I kind of honed that skill. And over the years, you know, I have some amazing mentors in my life and they're still in my life today. They're mentors, they're friends, but they were honest and wise and they really helped me develop my career, stay true to who I am. And they helped me wrestle through some rough challenges. I love it. Some great advice. And I wish I would have heeded that advice early, many, many decades ago, early on in my life. It really has been more in recent years that I've really 
understood or the last decade or two anyway, have really understood the value of that. And I think those that can catch that earlier on will be thankfully did and be way ahead of others that think they can go it alone and not need a mentors in their life. Right. Yeah, exactly. It kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. You know, you can either sit in those vulnerabilities by yourself or you can seek people that kind of walk alongside you. And you're probably going to have a better outcome if you get some outside help and you have some wise mentors in your life. 100%. Would you say life's been easy or have you had a challenge or two along the way in all the success that you've had? Definitely, you know, quite a few challenges. If you put yourself out there and you're doing big jobs or you're helping people, you're going to have challenges for sure. What's one of the biggest challenges that might encourage our listeners just that you've been through? I always love asking that question. Yeah, I talked a little bit about my dad's death. I think that was probably my greatest personal challenge that I've experienced personally. I think navigating watching a parent die is hard. Watching a parent die well before his time is hard. And I think that opened up a lot in my mind to wrestle through. And I think, you know, professionally, I think riding the wave of a company that grows from basically non-existent to a huge media company that acquires and merges with other companies, there are challenges there. And I think For me, just learning how to flex within those challenges, there are a lot of people who weren't suited for different sizes of the company and they ended up leaving. And so the challenge I put before myself was, can you learn to evolve as the company evolves? Can you be an executive for a company at different stages of growth? And I think that was very challenging to do over the decades that I was there, but I'm glad I stuck it out. I'm glad I persevered. I'm glad I didn't give up. And I'm glad I made myself vulnerable and open to learning through that. Yeah, absolutely. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, I know there's lots of advice we'd all love to give ourselves, our younger self, but if you could just choose one, what is one of the piece of advice you'd love to have known 20 years ago, 30 years ago? That you don't have to be perfect, that it's just about progress, that if you just make 2% progress every day, that's a win. You're still achieving. Perfection isn't achievement. I wish I could have told myself because, I, you know, burning the candle at both ends, you know, I suffered health consequences from it, it you know, all sorts of things, just stretching myself way too thin. And I wish, you know, I had known that it's just about progress. It's just one foot in front of the other. As long as you're learning and growing, you're doing fine. Yeah. What was your mindset then when you kind of burned yourself out or ended up with some health challenges? What was it at that point in time? It was being an overachiever. I think I had experienced that in my teenage years. I needed to be the straight A student and I needed to achieve and be on the honor, you know, all the things and go to a good college, do all the things. And I just got myself in this, it was almost like a habit, I guess, where it was like you had to just achieve. That was the only option. And, you know, success meant climbing the corporate ladder. Success meant making X number of dollars. Success meant having a certain title or authority at work. And so when you're on that trajectory and that's your mindset, the success mindset, 
at least success defined by society standards, it's a dangerous treadmill to get on. And so I think, you know, it can lead to a lot of burnout when you're on that treadmill. And I definitely experienced that. That's great for our listeners to to hear that and hopefully avoid the same. I know when we were talking earlier, you were talking about this same point of kind of your definition of success isn't based on what society pushes on us, right? But you were saying alternatively that it was resting in who we are and not what we do. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think that was really a turning point for me, figuring that out. I write a lot about this in the book, that our innate human drive is to seek safety and shelter and all the basic needs. And also even recognition is a basic human drive, our self-esteem and and all of that. I think the problem arises when, you know, we overfill those buckets, right? We feel like we aren't safe enough, so we need more. Or we start to look around, especially in America. My husband is from Ireland and he was born and raised there. And we go back every year to see his family. And the contrast is amazing to me between the different cultures. And I love America and I love everything in America. But sometimes I feel like we're so inundated with the messages that success means you have the biggest house on the biggest hill or you, you know, have the biggest title or you have to have the biggest company. And I coach a lot of business owners and I see them wrestle through, you know, so-and-so got here faster than I did, or so-and-so has a bigger company than I do, you know, and and they're wrestling with all of that. At the same time, they're trying to build a company. It's like, are you crazy? You're going to implode, right? And so at some point, we have to say to ourselves, that construct isn't truth. That's just out there in society. And we can either succumb to that pressure of building this massive success image, which is really what it comes down to, or we can let go of that and we can decide that our work doesn't define us. Our work is a vehicle to have a positive impact, right? What defines us is who we are. And if we can figure that out and do the work to understand who we are and can articulate who we are, then we can rest in that as opposed to trying to chase the success metrics that society has put before us. I love that. So Can we just take that one level deeper and even apply it to you, like personally for yourself? Like, how do you apply that to yourself? Like when you say, okay, it's not about my success, just to to give us all an example, right? It's not about Tracy's success. It's about who you are. What is that to you? What is that to Tracy, who Tracy is? So, well, I'll use the example of walking away from HGTV. I woke up the next morning after that going away party feeling rather naked when it came to the sense of identity. And, you know, I had spent decades with people introducing me as here's Tracy, she works at HGTV. And then people asking me about talent and all the things and behind the scenes. And also, you know, I was an executive, so I'm making a certain amount of money and people know in the media industry what that means and all those things. And I wake up with no paycheck, no title, and I'm not attached to this big brand. I'm not going into the office every day or flying to some elaborate dream home giveaway. I'm just me at home fixing something for the kids and wondering who I am. And so, you know, now I look at it and I've been very careful not to even attach my identity to my current company, but to say, 
I am someone who has unique giftings, you know, whether that's being an influential communicator, whether that's helping people reach their full potential or being a great mentor or a coach. And I want to use those talents to impact this little corner of my world. I'm not going to be some worldwide phenomenon. I'm not Jennifer Lopez. I'm just Tracy Barrett in my little corner, Nashville, Tennessee, trying to just impact in the best way I can. And if I can do just a little bit of that every day, it feels great, you know, and I can do it not just through work, but with my children or with my husband or with my friends or with my family. And that to me is success. Yeah. Or with the listeners of the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience for this <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes or whatever we're going to spend together here. I love it, Tracy. I think you might just answer the next question that was on the tip of my tongue, and that is, what is your definition of success? Yeah, I think it is to have a positive impact on the world around you by using your innate God-given gifts and talents. I believe each one of us has been uniquely designed, and that was no mistake. Right. And just as different as we are of, as our fingerprints on the outside is we are different on the inside. So you have to tap inward to figure that out. But yeah, that's my definition of success. I love it. I love it. What advice would you give to somebody that's sitting there struggling maybe with maybe they're struggling with their definition of success, but they're really just processing through a challenge. And maybe the challenge is a loss of a loved one. I know this is a big yeah. kind of question, but Maybe it's a challenge of adversity, but maybe it's also a challenge of the context of a lot of this conversation with their career and maybe identity, or, or, or maybe it's just struggling with meaning in life or whatever, like whatever their challenge is, what is one piece of advice you might be able to give to them? Because surely this podcast is big enough now, there's plenty of people hearing this message. They've got their own struggles. I know we all do at different sizes, but what would you say to someone in the midst of their struggle? Well, first, I would just affirm them. Your struggle is your struggle. You don't have to compare it to anybody else's. It's real to you. It feels heavy. It feels weighty. But, you know, it's in your life. And some of these things we can learn to navigate, some we have to accept and some we have to let go of. But one of the things I like to do with my clients is, and with myself, and I'm constantly using this tool, is instead of saying this struggle has happened to me, I say it happened for me. And when I say it happened for me, that forces me to figure that out. Why has it happened for me? What am I gaining through this? And so when we can kind of flip our mindset in that direction and do that work to figure that out. But, you know, the other thing I would say is to get there, you have to give yourself that space and that time. I think when we come up against a struggle, too often we want to push straight through it. We want to get to the other side of it as fast as we can, avoid the pain, you know, do whatever we can to get it behind us. And we don't give ourselves the gift of kind of resting in it, processing through it. We still need to push through it, but we need to give ourselves the time and the space to grasp on to that learning so it benefits us for the future. Oh, that's so good, Tracy. So good. Great advice. What would you say is one habit that has helped you in your success in life? A habit, I would say reading every day. I read something every day, whether it's another chapter in a book, whether it's an article. I'll toss in their podcast too. That's not really reading, but I listen to at least one or two podcasts a day. So it's a habit that I created probably, I would say, 
as soon as we started Navigate the Journey, you know, as a coach and as a speaker and a consultant, you just have to keep growing. You know, you can only take people as far as you've taken yourself. Can't teach what you don't know and can't lead where you are not willing to go. And you've got to keep having that positive information going in. So we have more to give out. I love that. So good. Whether it's reading or podcasts or however we take it in, right? Yeah, exactly. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? That would be from my dad. And he said it so many times that I sometimes still hear his voice in my head. But he said, always tell the truth. Always tell the truth because it will catch up with you otherwise. And I have to say, hearing that over and over as a kid and being in high powered environments, being, you know, at the crossroads of things in different ways, in different areas of my life, always telling the truth and always having high integrity has definitely served me well. Great advice. I love that too. For our growth-minded listeners, the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, is there one book that you might recommend to them that you think would be a benefit? I just finished reading 10X is Easier Than 2X. So that's like at the top of my head. I would say that's a great book. Yeah. Imagining kind of that bigger version of your company. It's a great book actually to read right now. In addition to my book, if you're planning for 2024, those would be two books to really think about how you're planning for your company and planning for your life for 2024. Great book. And like I said, I can't wait to read yours as well. Speaking of yours, I meant to ask this earlier, how long has your book been out? The What If There's More? Yeah, it came out at the end of January. Okay, so yeah. fairly yeah. new. I mean, less than a yeah, year old. Fairly new. Not I off know. the press. We could kind of still say that, right? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So cool. Can't wait to get it. What would you say when you think about the future excites you most right now, Tracy? I think what excites me most is just continuing to help people define a bigger future for themselves, to really help them understand the best version of themselves. I think so many times people love that sentiment, like, you know, Oprah kind of made that popular, become the best version of yourself, live your best life. And so many times people come to me and they're like, I don't know what that means. Right. It sounds great. I want to do it. I don't know what it means for me. And so when I think about my future, I get super excited about just helping as many people as I can figure that out. And I also get super excited about just being part of my children's lives as they enter into adulthood and they're going to be going off to college very soon. And that's the other thing when I think about the future is just that next phase of being an empty nester and my husband and I really enjoying our time together in that and sort of leaning into what is going to feel like a totally different chapter in my life. But thankfully, I've done some of the work behind that. So I, I won't uh, spontaneously combust when they walk out the door. <laughs> no, I don't think we will either. Not that we're eager to get them out, but the baby of six is wow. senior in high school. So we're right around the corner. And Nicole and I, like you and your husband, work together. We are in business together. We love spending time together and hey, we'll just get to spend more time together and, and we'll have more freedom to travel even more. It's going to be great. Exactly. And we're going to have to grab dinner because there's nothing like talking to other couples that own their businesses together. Yes. Look forward to that. We're not far from each other. So we'll definitely take you up on that. By the way, how old are your children? How many children, ages, all that good stuff? I have two girls, a junior in high school and a senior in high school. So they're back to back and the next 24 months are 
all about college. So it's it's a busy time, as you know. Definitely. Yeah. So we have five girls, one boy. So we're a girl house too. <laughs> God love that boy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. How can our listeners get your book, follow along on your journey, reach out and contact you, all that good stuff, Tracy? So follow me on Instagram, Tracy S. Barrett. Or just go to my website, which is tracyshubertbarrett.com. You'll find everything there you need. You can find my book anywhere. Most people just like to go to Amazon, and that's great. If you're local in Nashville, you could go to Parnassus and, and find it there. But yeah, if you want to lean into the process of Strategic Life Map, that's also on the courses button on my website. And so you can learn all about all the different options for Strategic Life Map if you're interested in that process as well. Awesome. I love it. I'm going to give you the closing comment. Any last word you may want to share with the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway listeners, Tracy? Yeah, you know, I'll just go back to saying your work and seeing this as a podcast that is really focusing on people headed in the right direction when they're thinking about success is your work is not who you are. It's just what you do. But you really do want that work to align with who you are. So figuring that out is really going to help you live the best version of your life. And I really hope that for people. But identity can be tricky. So if you can just rest in those final thoughts, you know, that's going to be half the battle. I love it. What a great word to go out on. I sure do appreciate your time, Tracy. Thank you so much for taking time to share with our listeners some of your stories, some of your experience, some of your wisdom. This has been great. Well, thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contacts page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.